going, I hate, I hate all of you. There we go. Zach, we you're you. on. Leroy Jenkins. Every time. Leroy. All right, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, my name is Zach Adams. I pastor a little church outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out. Our service is at 1030 Sunday mornings. If you're not local but looking for a church to maybe watch online, Good Bible Teaching Church, uh, check us out. Our YouTube channel is calvary316.live. Uh, or you can watch us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Calvary 316. If you're new to the show, the way the show works, very simple. Uh, it is unscripted. I have no idea what in the world we'll be talking about. The producer introduces the topic in a few minutes. It's my job then to turn that topic into a Bible study. Uh, to do that, I'm joined by a few friends who I'll introduce also in just a few minutes uh, who will ask questions, interject, free uh, conversational style, and, and the show's interactive. So if you're listening to the podcast, I would encourage you to check out the live stream. So we live stream the recording of the podcast on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, our podcast typically hits on Thursday sometime when we're able to, to get it uh, uh, uploaded and launched out to the platforms. So if you're listening to the podcast, check us out. Uh, live stream on uh, Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, outlawradio.live. And then Facebook.com slash The Radio Outlaw, also a platform in which you can you can watch. And what that allows, what's cool about it, is that you can also interact. So not only will we kind of have a conversational Bible study, uh, but you can uh, chime in, uh, provide questions, feedback, uh, interject your own thoughts. And uh, uh, and again, we, we would love to, to hear what you have to say about the topic. With all that being said, as always, I'm joined by uh, Dick Dastardly, the man that that needs no introduction. Hola, uh, I am the long-suffering fool. Uh, <laughs> that's your. In, that's what you went with. That's you, what I went with. That's what. I, that's, you that's had what all I went the with. time yeah. to think of something clever to kind of roll with, and you went with what? The long-suffering fool. That's me. I. Uh, that's you. Yeah. Every that's every week, I think you know this is going to be the week where we're going to have a nice, clean, sanitary intro, uh, and every week you guys disappoint me. That's every week. lower your expectations. You should. I, you're, you're right. <laughs> you should. Right, I should. Or heighten your expectations. I mean, uh, this is just, you know, kind of how it rolls. I, I, I do see your Rocket of Calvary 316 shirt. I am indeed. This is our, we have merch because we're a cool. You, you can't move the microphone away indeed. from your I face. Can and I can still hear you. Can, they can still hear me. Yeah, you talk about professionalism. I talk oh, my oh goodness my gosh. gracious. This is we're also joined by. Uh, uh, three regulars and uh, an oldie but goodie. We've got uh, Nick Monty. That's Nick. me. Nick, how you doing? You I'm doing, doing good. Doing all right. Doing. All what kind of shirt is that? What shirt is that? It's I, a Key Largo shirt. My parents got it when they went to Key Largo and brought it, it back. So does Key Largo actually have as their symbol a hurricane symbol? No, this is a hurricane <laughs> evacuation plan. Oh, on the back. And, and it's, it's on, on the, the back. back. It's got and the it's, map. It's got the map. How, how to get? There's only one way to get in and out of Key Largo. So north. It's not a very yeah. Drive north. Not very complicated. Uh, Deal Daddy Derek. We're hey. repping it in God We Must shirt, and on the back it says, I don't know, what does the back say? All right, so that's what we're doing? Yeah. I can just, yeah, just we're looking at your button. Yeah, this plays out really well on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, wait, nobody. Yeah. So just a reminder, yeah, y'all get saved because the Lord ain't waiting. It's funny. Man, you funny. do like Reapers, don't you? Oh, absolutely. It's funny you brought that up. So uh, we were having, Jessica and I were in the car with Mabel, who's my three-year-old daughter, and we were having this conversation about, uh, she's gotten really into the fact that my grandfather, who passed away in November, 
um, is with Jesus. And she thinks it's the funniest thing that Big O <laughs> has a new body. You know, and, and I mean, you say you know, she was telling me about this. <laughs> Dad, you'll never believe it. Big O has a new body, a new body. And she's giggling and laughing and, and the whole bit. And uh, and she goes, she goes, so, so how, you know, how do you end up in heaven? And so I was like, well, honey, you, you have to believe in Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you know, um, then you're, you're not going to be in heaven. And Jessica then jumped into the conversation to try to temper that, you know, of saying, honey, that's why it's important to tell your friends to have a relationship with Jesus so you can go to heaven. I said, Mabel, you can also say you need to have a relationship with Jesus or you'll go to hell. <laughs> it is equally that's true. Job. It is. Yeah. I mean, and my three year old, you know, I was always worried about Quincy going to kindergarten for the first time because he was going to walk in and be like, all right, kids, two things. You're going to go to hell without Jesus and Santa Claus ain't real, you know, <laughs> which was going to get me in trouble. We would get kicked out of public school immediately. Mabel, I, I, I've got a feeling that's, that's the that's, problem, child. That's what we're in for. Uh, Spice Daddy, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's your week going? Pretty good. We had that potluck and I brought some hot sauces. You um, did. So We've carried over the Spice Daddy theme. into. I, into I, tried to, I tried to get some good ones, but, you know, some selections at the grocery store I went to were were low so now where do you go to get your your well, hot sauces i pretty much go to several different places but i specifically went to walmart because they have a really good mexican hot sauce called valentina and you yeah. didn't find that and at all they Black didn't have label, any baby. of it yeah and it, it just it it was very disappointing trip okay. not that any trip to walmart is not disappointing yeah it's never good but yeah a trip to walmart's always a, a little less than what you wanted lose a little be. piece of your soul every time a little bit right Especially if you go, have you ever been to uh, peopleofwalmart.com? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Horrible choices. I went to, uh, when I was in, in college, we went to a Walmart really late at night. And you know how they'll have those, um, you know, those big rubber bouncy balls, but they'll put them in the gigantic cages yeah. yep. in the middle of the aisle? It's like a challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I decided I was going to crawl into the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, yes. of course. And then yeah. when someone came to get a bouncy ball, I was going to stick my arm out. <laughs> That was really funny until I tried to get out of the ball pit. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was, you know how like if you if you back in the day when you would go to McDonald's they had the ball pits, yeah. and you know it's easy getting in, but man, you try to swim your way out it's of like one quicksand. of those. It's like the it's foam, quicksand. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the terrible. Pits. Yeah, try that with big bouncy balls. Not, not cool. <laughs> now we are joined. So Kyle's not with us today, but but Vinny, Vinny Himes, guilty. Uh, Guilty as charged. Vinny is with us. Vinny, also you've been wearing a Calvary 316 shirt. <laughs> yes, the Calvary uh, 316 flannel. It's a flannel. It's flannel. a the good old 316 flannel we shirt. Although I've That's got right. flip flops on, and you were like, I have flip flops. I have I slides. Got my slides. Yeah, on. them big old boots yeah. you got. Um, so Vinny, you've been on the show before, and, and, and matter of fact, I mean, good, probably a year ago now. Yep. We did a whole episode, kind of dealing with your story, and I would scared all your followers away. Yeah, that's right. I, our uh, our viewership tanked. As a matter of fact, actually, it went up. Oh, you know, that's you, good. Because you, you're an eccentric person, and you have this this because of the diesel shop and all that. You have this wide following online on Facebook. Yes, you, you're the one dude I know on Facebook. Most most of Facebook's all women. I don't have any <laughs> stats to validate that. But I, just, I mean, that's why I, I, I went there. I just seem like the majority of. It's all women on Facebook. Yeah, that's pretty much why I joined. I was like, okay, <laughs> hopefully Chelsea's not listening here. I mean, uh, she's women on there are too. big into diesel parts. <laughs> they're, they're big into diesel, right? 
That's right. That's it. That's yeah. it. Sled pulls and diesel. Big turbos and stuff. That's yeah. They pull the wives oh, for the husbands. Uh, well, we're uh, <laughs> we are gonna get ourselves into yeah. Let's rein into, it in into yes. trouble uh, just, in a hurry. So anyway, it's good to turbos. have you, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, thanks for uh, the alternate. We pulled you in. Needed to fill the fourth chair. So uh, so okay. So the way that this typically works, if you've been around the show, is that it's at this point that I kind of throw things over to Creighton. And it's Creighton's job to introduce a topic um, in which we're going to talk about. Uh, I am going to supersede all of this, and I am going to introduce a topic that no one else knows about. So we are, we are, I'm, I'm, I'm trumping you, Creighton. How do you feel about that? Uh, worried because we're off the rails. Um, we are already always, off the it's rails. Always one of the things I've been a part of, you know, your church slash church life for. Ever. What, 17 years now or something? Basically forever. Um, and what I've learned is that when you go off without any kind of barriers, bad things happen. Not uh, really. I've learned. Mm. It's like a Baja truck. Yeah. Yes. A, a what? Yes, it it's is a, like a Baja truck. It's like truck. a Baja truck instead of a train. I mean, it's still a nice, smooth ride. You yeah. just don't know where you're going to go. It's going to be wild, <laughs> but it will be fun. <laughs> it's going to be wild. You just don't know where it's going, but it will it will be fun. Yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate the, the solid vote of confidence. Zach Adams, the Baja truck. <laughs> Zach, oh gosh. So, so I, you guys have no idea what we're talking about tonight, correct? Always. All right. I happen to know, so I'm going to... Kind of give a lead in, and then uh, and then I'm going to kind of throw a question, and uh, and it'll be fun to get you guys, and and uh, th- I mean this is going to be a, a lot of you, so you're gonna uh, just be ready. So instead of me getting the questions, I'm going to be throwing the questions your direction. Are you getting any type of feedback already, Creighton? You're, you're smiling over there. I've I've gotten a couple. Let me go on the phone. A couple. <laughs> so um, as always, we have Jennifer with us. Hello, Hello, Jennifer. Jennifer. It's nice to see Jennifer. Yes. Um, we see Jennifer. I can't see Jennifer, but... Yes, but she can see us. Yes, okay. Um, gotcha. We have a message from a Kelly, which is just chaotic intro, which she is not wrong, and her <laughs> husband is a part of it. It was beautiful. So this yeah, is uh, is. Deal Daddy. This is Mrs. Deal Daddy Derek. This is Deal Daddy. This is Deal Daddy. A.K.A. known as Kelly. Yes. We also have... Um, a message from Mrs. Vinnie Himes. Oh, no. Oh. And she says, uh, listening am, as we speak. I'm being so. babysat. Yes, <laughs> is, uh, no, 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 you know what that was? No, that was honored. a warning shot. Right. <laughs> that was your wife saying, I'm listening. Oh, I'm Be just careful. going off. That, no. Be that's, careful. That's not how this works. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Okay. So let me introduce kind of a, a topic. I'm going to give a little bit. This will be a little bit of a lengthy intro. Shocker. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay, okay, let me justify myself <laughs> for a moment. So a few weeks ago, um, I inter- I jumped in. Creighton had a topic, but I jumped in, and I was like, I had a little bit of a rant. And I ranted about denominational churches that, oh, that, that strip from their name their denomination, oh, and no. they backdoor it in later. And I got an email this week. Interesting. I was sharing this with Creighton. I got an email uh, from from a lady that was like, I love Calvary 316 and coming for a couple months, but I actually listened to that episode of Outlaw Radio. And if I wasn't a fan of Calvary 316, when I heard your rant about, you know, the denominations that hide the denomination in the name intentionally, she was like, I'm committed forever because I got backdoored into a church because they didn't tell us what denomination they were. And, uh, and it, it was terrible. And I was like, how disingenuous. If you can't be honest about your name, 
then then how can I trust you? And then she segued like, and then the whole thing about uh, cremation was very helpful for my brother. And mm. and I was like, all right, I had a rant, but it was Holy Spirit inspired rant. <laughs> okay, awesome. It worked out. So here we go. <laughs> all right, Craig, let's you just do this. tipped your head back, is in like ah. Ah, no, it no, was. No, that's cool. It was more of a. Ah, oh boy! Here we All go. right, oh let's. Uh, I thought it was more like a praise. So that whole intro, a praise Jesus intro was appropriate. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> like being on a roller coaster. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you're strapped in. You're ready to go. You're so. strapped in. You're yeah, like on a point harness and a helmet. You're good yeah, to go. We're going to be fine. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so we've brought. I brought this up before. Um, when we specifically, anytime we've talked about like witnessing. Um, and the idea of witnessing is not so much an, an activity that you do, but it's more of kind of a manifestation of you, who you are. You are a witness. Now, that can play itself out in actual a specific activity. I think that it's important uh, to be willing to share your faith and to, you know, to communicate uh, certain things when necessary. And um, I'm not a big proponent of, like, standing outside of sporting events, yelling at people, turn or burn or get right or get left or um, or even for that matter, going door to door, um, doing door to door evangelism like the cults do per se. Uh, mm-hmm. But there should be you should be ready. Time, place. If you're called upon to share your faith, you should do that. Or to give a defense of your faith, uh, you should do that. I think that there is a place where our witness is a physical manifest as a physical activity. But beyond that, we are a witness. We we've witnessed something, and our lives are supposed to reflect what we've witnessed mainly. The resurrection of Jesus and the fact that we know Jesus and our lives are supposed to emulate that. So we, we've brought up this topic before. And and one of the things about this that I find to be uh, so stinking encouraging, you know, if there was if there was ever anybody, you know, within Christianity. Uh, that had an answer to questions, you know, that could defend his faith, that could stand toe to toe with the, the brightest religious scholars of the day uh, that could that could present a whether it was a philosophical argument or a religious argument, a biblical argument. I mean, the Apostle Paul was, was a, a smart guy. I mean, of, of all of the people second to Jesus, Paul probably did most to develop our own understanding of the gospel and Christian theology, important figure within Christianity and the development of our faith. But one of the things that I, that I have constantly come back to, and I find it to be so refreshing, is that Paul... The majority of the time, when he had an audience in front of him, now there's some exceptions. Uh, this is not a blanketed rule, but again, the majority of the times within Scripture uh, that Paul had an opportunity to quote unquote share his faith, <coughs> he didn't go into some um, theological diatribe. Like for example, Stephen. Stephen, you know, standing in front of the Sanhedrin, Acts chapter seven, presents this very eloquent sermon, and that sermon is based in a lot of theology a lot of Old Testament principles and precedents. But Paul, who could have done that with his, with his eyes closed, he would always revert back to his own story. Um, he would tell his own testimony. So I'll give you a great example of this in Philippians chapter 3. Paul says the middle half of verse 4, he says, If anyone else thinks that he may also have confidence in the flesh, I more so. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day which spoke of kind of his purebredness within the Hebrew faith. I was of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. Paul, we know, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the best learners of the day. He says, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. He was an enemy of Christ. 
concerning the righteousness which is in the law, Paul says, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ and be found in him, and not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And in other places, Paul will go into a greater detail of, of recounting that experience where he was on the road to Damascus. To do what? He was going to persecute the church, to arrest Christians. And it was on the way to Damascus that he encountered Jesus, that Jesus appeared to him, knocked him off the donkey, literally knocked him off the ass, onto his ass. <laughs> and in the process of that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the ghost? Why are you resisting what you know to be true? And Paul's life changed from that point forward. And again, when Paul had an audience in front of him, a, an opportunity to, to, to proclaim Christ, he always reverted back to his own story. Which, I, again, I, I find so encouraging because so often, you know, people shy away from being public about their faith. And, and they do so out of fear that they might be asked some question that they can't answer. By the way, as a side note, as if that's some mark against you. I mean, if you're ever asked a question that you don't have the answer to, you can just say, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know all things. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not God. I don't have infinite knowledge of all. Um, so that's a great question. And uh, let me go do a little research and I'll get back with you. Like, that's completely fair and honest and good thing. But so often people shy away from the engagement because they feel like they've got to talk about some type of systematic theology. They've got to get into the definitions of justification and propitiation and what righteousness means and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Paul, who could have done that in, in all kinds of instances, what does he do? He just tells his own story. This is who I was. And then I encountered Jesus, who's a very much alive and could have just squished me. But he didn't. He saved me. and He redeemed me. And now he's been using me for his purposes. Again, he told his story. Now, Sorry. interestingly, there's been a lot of, of studies and research concerning um, the best way in which to articulate information. And study after study after study have, have come back to the best way to articulate information for retention purposes is to is to tell stories. A again, they can be sometimes in a fictional format. But sometimes they can be just be telling an, an actual story, something that happened. But then if you can equate an idea to a story, uh, it lands and it's more palatable, it's more relatable. Again, I think it's it's fascinating that Paul chose this mechanism. But they you you read this with politics. You know, it's one thing to be talking about illegal immigration. It's just one of many topics. It's another thing to actually like, you know, tell a story that's validating the point you're trying to make where you bring faces and people and context. Um, it, it adds, sort of speak, flesh and tendons to the skeleton. Again, I think it's brilliant that the most powerful way you can share your faith 
is to tell your story. So I know that's a lead in. Um, at the end of the episode, I plan to tell a little bit of my story, but I thought it would be fun tonight uh, to kind of throw you guys' direction and for you to share your stories with the audience of how it is that you came to faith. Now, you guys can choose how much of the, the life and sin you want to share. Um, again, I don't think all that's all that important. I remember uh, in Bible college, there was a 70-year-old man that would fly his private plane uh, from Northern California down to Southern California to come to Bible college for the week. He lived in the dorm, 70-year-old man. His wife had passed away. He had given his life to the Lord. His name was Ted. Uh, I remember asking Ted, I said, man, what a cool testimony, right? He was like, no, and tears in his eyes. He said, I wish I had your testimony. You know, I spent 70 years resisting Jesus, and now I'm, I, I want to live whatever years I have left for his glory, but you have the testimony. And testimony, it does include where we were and the encounter with Jesus, but it's also a great deal to, to be about what the Lord's changed and how you've transformed. So I think it would be fun. I'd like to know. Um, and would like to hear, and I think the audience would share this, your testimony, how you guys came to know the Lord, how that changed your life. Uh, we've got a good 30, 35 minutes to do this. So uh, I'm going to front load this by throwing it directly to Creighton. <laughs> so Creighton, uh, the floor's yours. Uh, share with the folks just uh, your testimony, your story with Jesus. And then I can interject and ask whatever questions I want. So we're going to reverse all of the roles tonight. All right. Um, so my my basic story, I'm not going to take up you know, too much time. It's almost 30 years worth of time. I could talk forever. Um, so is that I was, I was born into uh, Calvary Chapel Stone Mountain, which was is your father's church. Uh, my parents have been going there for, I don't know, five or six years before I was born. Um and the way that my mom puts it is that I was born on a Tuesday. I went to church that Sunday, um, and then I was in church ever since. You you were coming. Never left. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that being said, when I was young, I was a terrible child. No, that's a, that's a God honest truth. Tyrant. <laughs> was. Uh, I was a youth pastor. Yeah, was. Was, right. <laughs> I was a youth pastor, middle school and high school youth pastor, and I'll never forget the, the children's ministry director, Anna Clark, coming to me and be like, hey— uh, thank God, hallelujah, Creighton is no longer in elementary school. He's now your problem, and uh, just giving you a heads up. I was like, oh, I got this, no problem. Yeah, uh, I've had multiple times where I was at a... Um, I you was were a biter, at, I was a fighter. Baptist, I was all kinds kicker, of things. A liar. I've had multiple multiple experiences. You're a smoker. Where I was either You're at, a toker. Um, You're a man. Hey, we don't, we don't sing lyrics Joker. during your stories. Okay. Truth. Um, where I either I went back to Stone Mountain or as I grew up, I had this, you know, between the ages of like 20 and now, where I would be somewhere either at Calvary 316 and someone from old days at Stone Mountain would uh, visit our church or I'd be at Stone Mountain and somebody would walk up to me, grown person who I do not recognize. They would walk up and they'd go, are you Creighton? And I'm like, yes. It was a year after that you realized you and had then, really terrible eyesight. Oh, my glasses. gosh. And so I'd, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, do I know you? And they go, I used to teach you when you were this big, and you were the worst. <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't understand how someone like Kathy, or everyone at Stone Mountain knows where is Rico, how someone like Rico and Stan could have a son like you. 
I'm so happy to see that you turned out well. <laughs> I've had that conversation probably five times. We in were the last convinced decade. you'd be in jail. Yes, because I was awful. Um, and all of this uh, led up to, ironically, um, my first youth retreat with you. Um, You're a sixth grader with a rat tail. Yes. A terrible look. Honest to God, Gross. everything was shaved. I had a rat tail. It was awful. It was bad. That's why you're um, still single. It's not. Uh, that's mostly personality. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, part of the reason I have the personality I do is because my first day in the youth group, I was on a bus to Florida. Uh, I was one of the only two rising sixth graders. We hadn't even sitting left by yet. Myself. We hadn't left yet. And the youth pastor, who like I had known my whole life but didn't really know very that well would be he me, was a good folks. decade older spoiler than me. alert once again that would I'm be talking. Me. my goodness i'm gonna do this to you next week train Just wreck hold on train wreck um, thanks Vinny. i was so wrong on the baja truck that's so much better <laughs> <laughs> he sat down next to me and he goes look we're gonna be in each other's lives for the next seven years because i've got you for middle school and high school and my dad's the senior pastor, so I'm not going anywhere. And your parents are dug in here. They've been here for forever. They're in the foxhole. They're hole. not going anywhere. They're in the foxhole. Which means that you and I are going to be in each other's lives for the next seven years. So either we can fight for the next seven years, or we can be on the same team, and you can just be a part of what's going on here. Um, and I was like... Well, that's terrifying. I got up and left. I was like, choice is yours. Yes. And you so I sat there. 10 minutes to figure it out. And it was the first time in my life as a rising sixth grader that an adult talked to me like I was an adult. Um, and I don't know what. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's something wrong with me. Maybe it's something wrong with you. But Probably it worked. Probably both. <laughs> and a lot of the Holy Spirit. But it worked. And uh, ever since then, I, I mean, I was... Plugged into the youth group all the way through middle and high school. Um, I started being a junior counselor my freshman or sophomore year for the middle school. Um, I stayed helping with the high school. When I moved to college, I would come back every, what, three or four weeks to yeah. come and come to high school events. Um, and then when I dropped out of college, I started, I started okay, working at the church, there. all that Let, kind of stuff. Let's pause there because you didn't right. drop. You didn't drop out of college. That's not the right way to phrase it. Well, technically I did. You didn't drop out of college. So, no, something like, so you you went to college. Uh, you went to Valdosta State. You were studying. You kind of had a career path. You had some things you were interested in. and um, But but then that changed. Yes, I see so what you mean. So that's part of the story with Jesus. You didn't drop out. You made a decision. Yeah, so that happened on. Um, see what I did there, guys? I called him. Yeah, you did. You did. Hard. Nailed it. Yeah. So that happened on uh, my first college retreat, which took place between our middle school retreat and our high school retreat. So we were in Florida for two full weeks, the weekend we had the college retreat. Um, a man named Pastor James, who is just the best assistant pastor that has ever been on the planet. He's the assistant pastor. What is this title? Senior assistant pastor? His title is officially the other guy. Yeah. You know. He is the other guy from Calvary Stone Mountain. So he is uh, Pastor Sandy's right-hand man. Uh, he taught a Bible study on Moses. Um, Who, by the way, could have easily have been at any point a senior pastor anywhere he would have chosen. Wonderful Bible teacher, great communicator, fantastic leader. But God called him to be an assistant pastor. And, uh, and he's, he, you know, 
Pastor James is a guy who knew what God called him to be and never deviated from that. Yes. Like I said, just absolute rock I had to throw that in there. I appreciate it. James Chapman shout out. So he taught a Bible study on um, Moses, and it was a view from uh, of the Moses story that I'd never heard of when Moses is uh, in the desert. It's after he's killed the Egyptian and fled Egypt. He's now been um, a shepherd for 40 years, and he encounters the burning bush. And one of the things that God asks him while he's talking is, um, God says, what is in your hand? Because Moses is giving all kinds of excuses about why he can't go back to Egypt and why he's not right for this and all that kind of stuff. And God's like, what is in your hand? And he's carrying his shepherd's staff. And what God is saying to him is, hey, you've been a shepherd for 40 years. All I want you to do is shepherd slightly less woolly bipedal sheep. Like, you've been doing the job for 40 years. What's wrong with woolly? <laughs> I didn't say they weren't woolly. They're just less woolly. They were juice. They still had a good bit of wool. Um, they don't shave their faces is the joke that I was making. Um, so yeah, it, landed, says, it landed hard. I'm good, sure everyone hard. got it. Good. The crowd yeah. is going wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he says, what is in your hand? What have you been doing for 40 years? And he's been leading, hilariously, he's been leading sheep through the desert for 40 years. And God's like, guess what I want you to do? Lead sheep in the desert for 40 years. Um, and so during that conversation or during that uh, Bible study, it occurred to me that, like, there was this thing that I was studying for, which was to be a forensic pathologist, which was interesting, but not something I truly cared about. Um, and so I had to think to myself, like, what am I actually like? What do I actually care about? And literally the only thing that I could think about was ministry, like the thing that kept me in school, the thing that, you know, kept me doing the things that I was doing was that I was still going to church and being a part of the youth group and coming down to Florida for two weeks to hang out with a bunch of snot-nosed kids who like to make fun of me because I'm short. Um, like, that was the thing that I wanted That's to do. That's not so why anyone made fun of you. It is absolutely, it's one of the reasons. There are, va- <laughs> there are many. It's varied. It's a mixed bowl. It's altitudally um, challenged. Vertically challenged? Yeah. Yes. You are not. By so the like way. God yeah. God so God gripped your life as a middle schooler. Yeah. And then, and then he, he called you to he, full-time ministry when you were in college. Yep. And uh, now I work for an auto parts store and uh, spend my nights doing stuff for the church and I would love to, you know, not have the second job, but I get to do the stuff for church. I get to be here on a Wednesday night and spend a couple of hours with my brothers, and I love this. I get to go to the youth conference and limp around because my foot is killing me for three you days. Also un- you also unlock the building Sunday morning, and you boot things up and, and get grief. Of things. And, and I'll say, like, when I went down for four months, I'm not sure our church would have been able to function if it hadn't been for, for the Lord's calling on your life and your faithfulness to that. So. Um, again, I, I would say for anyone, and, and I think Creighton, you would agree with me, is um, as, a, as a youth pastor, like this is such a formative time in your kid's life. And, uh, and so often, you know, you don't give your kids the, the, the freedom to choose vegetables. Um, your mom and dad made you, they want to get rid of you for a week. So they made you go on oh, that yeah. youth camp. But it was, that, it was through that, that that God spoke to you and, and gripped your heart. Yeah, I mean, um, like specifically speaking to parents of youth and youth pastors, uh, I'm now 29, and without a doubt, middle school is the worst three years of my life. For everyone. I can, like, easy. 
the best the best times in middle school were at the youth retreat or hanging out on a link, Sunday night. Link lives on link Friday lives, nights and you fill it in. All that kind of stuff is how I made it through middle school because it was awful. Middle school is the worst. If you have middle school kids and you're thinking like, you know, they're being melodramatic about how bad life is, they're not. It's the freaking worst. But make like them if go you're to too church. Far away Just from make it, them go to church. Make them go to church. It's it's better. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. let's uh, let's pivot. That's good, Creighton. Thank you for that. Uh, we're gonna go to the new the newbie, Vinny. Oh boy. So so you, <laughs> all right. The floor is yours. Kind of again. There there has been a podcast version of a, a, a longer, you know, your story in a longer format. But for those that might not have heard that. Um, how did you come to know the Lord, and, and how did that develop in your life? And, and when did when did that that faith become become your own? And well, I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it's easy to shorten it up. So I mean, I had church was shoved down my throat, so to speak. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a choice. It was you're going to go to church every day for the rest of your life. And and you grew up where? <clears throat> I grew up in Condon, Montana. So, little, so it was very rural. Little tiny town, 300 yeah. people in a, between the Rocky Mountains and the Mission Mountains of Montana. Very secluded, one way in, one way out. And um, we were devastatingly poor. Um, my dad was a he was a laborer on a construction crew, like five bucks an hour, four kids and a wife at home. So <coughs> ramen noodles was like a real snack for us. Like gotcha. Right. Store-bought food. Or mm-hmm. what you could kill and eat mostly we ate what we could kill and eat and grow in the garden so um growing up you know it was uh a whole bunch of fake uh vacation bible school i accepted jesus in my heart today and got a sticker with a smiley face on if you scratch and sniff it it smells like grapes and uh, which was good i mean those scratch and sniff grape stickers yeah those yeah. Smells like Jesus, <laughs> literally. So you know, did that you have the felt boards too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we should one. bring back felt boards. No, I everybody should have one. No, you should. So it was a couple of years of the vacation Bible school stuff, and then I went through a really weird uh, experience of no other way to sugarcoat it or, or church it up other than uh, not demon possession. But it was literally I had a trial by demon where this thing lived in my closet when I was 10 years old for years and tormented me and begged me and and tried to uh, barter with me to kill my family and uh, I was a happy kid still a happy kid and uh, so it was really weird to deal with that and then a pastor at a church that we went to was this kind of like not 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 (laughs) not to again make a joke or shed light on it because it's the heavy idea but I have no feelings. I know, but for, for <laughs> but to try to like conceptualize it, this is like Monster Inc. Like on monster cr- in your on cl- crack. Okay. Yeah, like monster. Like where you're Inc. visibly seeing something. I, interacting there was something, something living in my closet that threatened to kill me every night of my life for a year, and then when that didn't work, it started offering to, uh, "I'll leave you alone if you kill your brother. I'll leave you alone if you kill your parents. I'll I'll go away if if you invite me into your." life and it was just terrifying i had no clue what was going on i was so embarrassed it was something i didn't want to talk about my parents and uh it finally got so bad that i broke down and and literally crawled into my mom and dad's room one night and told them about it and then they told the pastor about it and very quickly he explained it uh showed us a video series at the time called the seduction of our children 
and uh, that helped a lot because I didn't feel weird about it anymore. I realized that there was other people in the world that were dealing with stuff like this. I realized that evil is real. Um, demons, etc. Demons, yeah, right. etc. are real. And uh, that was something that was very taboo at the time. Like, I was embarrassed about it. I was ashamed of it. I thought I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs kind of a deal. Uh, but I was living it every night. And so for me, when the night that I accepted Jesus into my heart, and I was able to stand up on my bed and scream at this thing in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I command you to leave. It finally left. So for wow. me, there's zero doubt. When people try to challenge my faith, I just laugh at them because it's not, there's nothing to challenge. It was two years of pure hell on earth of, of insomnia where I could not sleep out of fear of this thing that tortured me to it being gone in a sentence. In, in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I command you to leave, and it never came back. Um, mm. You're not testing that, and you're not going to convince me of anything else. So, And that changed your life forever. Changed obviously. my life forever. And, uh, and, and the biggest How thing— How old were you? You were uh, 10, 10, 11? 10, 11. 10, 11. And the biggest thing that I noticed after that, you know, a 10, 11-year-old boy, you're doing certain things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, you're looking at certain magazines that you shouldn't be looking at things that were funny and fun with my friends the day before all of a sudden i had great conviction i felt truly terrible for sinning and uh one of my friends decided to challenge my faith and in, in my mid-20s uh super great guy worked for he's one of my employees he was 45 years old i was 25 years old and he said uh you know we were getting he lived in my basement and we were getting up on a sunday every sunday we went to church and he was getting up on a Sunday and he was like going to worship your your fake God or something of the nature and I said what what makes you say that he's like God's a bully he said God doesn't want us to have any fun and so I had to kind of get down on his level and get a little crude and I said Pierre what do you mean God doesn't want us to have any fun and he's a pot smoking hippie from you know the 70s and he's like well God doesn't want us to have intercourse with a bunch of different women i was like well dude what happens if you do that like you get venereal diseases and body parts start falling off like god doesn't not want you to have fun he wants you to he wants to preserve your parts he man. wants to keep your body parts intact and so he kind of you could see in his eyes there's kind of a light bulb and i was like give me another one while we're here let's keep going and he's like well we're not supposed to get drunk and i was like well yeah pierre what happens if you get drunk he's like oh you feel good yeah, and then you get in your car and you drive and you crash into a minivan and kill a family of five and you live. Like, talk about hell. Right, like, right. Imagine living with that the rest of your life. So once again, God doesn't want us to not have fun. God loves us. God wants to protect us. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts us. Amen. And uh, so he kept firing away, and it was every time he gave me something, I, I threw it back. And I'm not a Bible scholar. You know me. I'm two steps above Neanderthal, man. <laughs> like, I can start a chainsaw real good. And uh, so I'm not a good talker or a good arguer, but I think to what you said at the intro, you know, I don't know. I got to go study. I truly believe that if you got the Holy Spirit in your heart, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say yeah. when that person's in front of you. Amen. It's yep. not that you mm -hmm. have to go stop and look up and do some research. I think when you trust the Holy Spirit, which I do, really, truly do. I mean, I wake up every day and my only prayer, my prayers are short. My prayer to God is put me where you need me today. Put me in front of the person that needs to talk to me today and give me the words that I need to say. I don't ask for things. I don't ask for my health. I don't ask to live. All I'm here for is to serve God. 
That's all any of us is here for. That's our purpose. So when I see these kids, these emo kids, I got nothing to live for. I have no purpose. Yeah, you don't. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have purpose. You don't have anything to live for. So that's the thing that I've tried to instill, not just in my children, but in my wife, in my friends at work. You know, the great thing about working at Leadfoot is we have some really awesome Christian people working there. And we don't always get along, but at the end of the day, we've all got Jesus. Right. There's a commonality. There is. So when, when tensions run high at the end of the day, you know, when you got a group of people around you that believe in Christ, it makes life a whole lot easier. And, and I just think anybody watching right now, encourage the people around you to ask Jesus for the right words to say, you know, just wake up every day with that attitude of I'm a servant of Christ. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a youth pastor. I'm not in church every day. Uh, I probably miss church more often than I make it. That's but, true. You do. But I try to <laughs> minister <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Amen. So. That's rad. All right. Well, uh, to, for time's sake, let's 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 move on, move on. Deal, Daddy, you're up. So I kind of grew up in Calvary Chapel, Gwinnett, kind of the same as Creighton. Like yeah, I remember watching the video of my uh, not deposition. What is it? <laughs> Baptism? They, Your deposition? No, the, the, no confirmation. The, when they bring the children up there and they pray over them, the uh, dedication. dedication, dedication, not deposition, <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah. My, deposition. my deposition. Yeah, I was deposed as a child to know if I was going to follow the <laughs> oh Lord or not. So, uh, no, what, would, right. what would Dedic- Mrs. Dill Daddy, Dill Daddy, think at the moment? Oh, she's watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. watching. All right. Yeah. So, dedication. <laughs> boom. There already. Growing up through the church, kind of being a miserable child uh, for the other people who were watching me, I wasn't miserable at all. And then going up through middle school and high school, I was very problematic too, but I always asked. I just always challenged authority. So I was homeschooled until sixth grade. My mom did a great and awesome job. My little brother and little sister were coming up too. Couldn't handle all of us. Just, you know, I got put into middle school. Middle school just question me and my mom are always button heads about everything i've just always been very hard-headed so when i got into middle school found myself in oss iss and a lot in sixth grade seventh grade went to alternative school eighth grade was in a lot of oss and stuff like that like i was just always in trouble like i just didn't really always questioned everything Uh, so you grew up you grew up in church but in your middle school high school years you got into a lot of trouble. It wasn't about Jesus. It was more just about figuring out life. Okay. Like, I had it instilled in me that, like, this is right, this is wrong. Didn't you were really still going to church while all this was going on. Oh, yeah, on. absolutely. Yeah, right, yeah okay. still went to church now. But I started, like, smoking weed in, like, seventh grade. So, like, that's why I always – the middle school and high school – my heart now has always been a big thing on me because I was like, no, the the summer of seventh going into eighth grade, um, started smoking weed. The summer of eighth grade to ninth grade, lost my virginity. So that's been super heavy on my heart ever since then. To for these kids now right. to talk. We've to talked them. about that recently. Yeah, You're getting yeah. involved with children. Exactly. So like purpose, I was yeah. in church, but I was still exploring the world figuring out for myself and being like oh this is wrong but then doing it and then be like oh this is wrong this is wrong for a reason <laughs> when do you and think everything changed kind of transformed for you um 
let me finish this. Okay. So <laughs> in, there's a very defining moment for me that I remember from uh, Miss Arnold. She was my eighth grade math teacher. We had to do the CRCT or whatever, mm-hmm. and which if you passed, you went on to the next grade. Right. And so I was failing math because I never did any of the pop quizzes, never did any of the busy work or homework. I would only do tests, ace all the tests. That's what kept my grade at a 60 because I would pass all the tests because they were heavily weighted. So after we did the CRCT, she pulled me out in the hallway. She was like, you've put me in a very, you've put me in a big predicament. And I was like, okay. She was (laughs) like, you scored some of the highest in the math CRCT scores out of the entire school, but you're failing my class. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do the busy work and all these quizzes that you're giving me. So, like, that was me. I was smart enough to do all the schoolwork, super hard-headed. Hmm. And just I always remember that moment because I look at it now and I was like, oh, yeah, I was just stupid. Just stupid. Just, like, do your stuff and move on. Okay. I was kind of the same throughout high school. Graduated with 3.3. I had AP classes and all that. But it, when it came down to, like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. So, that – my, I stayed in church throughout middle school and high school, got significantly more involved in like around 10th grade, stopped like smoking, stopped like dealing with these women in the way it was dealing with these girls and, um, really got to know the Lord a whole lot more and just the way that he enveloped my life. I like, I would always see him working in things and, going into college, just getting back into it. Like the, the whole, my whole walk in faith with him is always, I think, knowing the right thing, but then sometimes choosing to do the wrong thing. Interesting. And then immediately after being like, I knew this was wrong. Ruh Lord, ruh. I'm so sorry. Ruh ruh. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. But I will say the biggest verse that has kept my faith through the entirety of the thing is uh, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This inspired in me so many questions about everything. Yeah. Everything that I was reading would make me question, but when I wouldn't understand something, boom. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He's so much better and bigger and all-knowing. It made sense and omnipotent. To you. It made sense. Pa- yeah, it, it just literally, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I would still search for the answers, search for the understanding and grow in my relationship with him. But I always, and even still to this day, have found solace in that. So, yeah, no, uh, and where we're at now, though, the Lord has done so much in my life, brought me out of a terrible relationship brought me to the wife I'm at now, church I'm at now with you guys. And, you know, that was just, uh, so it was like, it's like you you knew the Lord, you'd given your life to the Lord. You grew up in church Mm -hmm. and, and you just had this kind of like winding path where, but, but the Lord was still faithful. He was good from a specific tangent, but yes, no, like uh, ultimately God, I've always had the knowledge of God and the knowledge of evil and righteousness choosing to do good or choosing to do wrong. I've always understood that every single little thing that I do is a choice 
And that's what's brought me to where I am now. Like God, even from, I just read through Genesis this past week. God at the very beginning is still giving Adam a choice to choose to eat from all the other fruits and trees or this one choice. And that's really been the basis of my faith is every single little thing that you do or say or even think is a choice. And that's where I'm at now. I'm going to throw a wrinkle in this. Vinny, what's, you know, just kind of hearing Derek's story, what's kind of your reaction to that? Just just his his arc. I mean, I think I would have been on the same path if what didn't what happened to me didn't happen. Right. Uh, I was literally going down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, it was all the little kids in the locker room pulling out dirty magazines yeah, yeah. at 10, 11 years old, yeah. which leads right into Sixth what you... Sixth grade. They yeah. just thrown and so into middle school. It was school. just, you know, it was like my parents tried so hard to shelter us from that stuff. To a fault, I'm going to say. You know, I'm not knocking on my parents. They did what they could with what they had, but wow, they screwed up. Like, you know, once you get into that middle school, like Creighton said, it's the worst years of your life. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. I lit a uh, toilet paper roll on fire and went to alternative school. I dropped a cherry bomb and flushed it down a toilet and blew the whole <laughs> toilet off the wall in the bathroom. So, I mean, that hey, was cool. Hey, there we go. Bathroom Brothers. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was. No, no. The title of the episode should be Bathroom, bathroom Brothers. Brothers. No. Did we just become best yeah. friends? Yeah. So, Want to do karate in the garage? So, so, you, so, the garage. so there was a similarity. Oh. Yeah, I was headed down that path. And uh, and I hate that Derek had to go through that and and, but it is what it is. It's not. I think the funniest thing in uh, I'm not going to call it Christianity. I'm going to call it America. The funniest thing in America is we like to put labels on sin, like we like to label sin and categorize mm. sin like Walmart. Like, you know, this one's worse than this uh, one. We, we we label it like Target. Yeah. They're the liberals. So right. <laughs> So oh, yeah, and I and I and I I hear people like oh God could never love me because I've had intercourse with seventy women oh I murdered a guy you know God can forgive you you know sin is sin and we're not the people that get to put labels on it we're not the ones that get to to gauge right. our sin worse than another I drop an f bomb it's no worse than somebody else doing something with a woman they weren't married to so. I think that's a big hang-up for people when they are introduced to Christ. I think a lot of times they think, well, I'm just not good enough, and Christ can never— It's Jesus. It's God. He can forgive anything. I mean, he Amen. forgave that sinner on the cross right next to him that never went to a single church service. And couldn't and do anything because he was nailed to a cross. That man is in heaven. Yeah. So quit thinking yeah. that your super mediocre, lame sin that you've put up on a pedestal is keeping you out of heaven. There is nothing that God can't forgive. So we went down different paths. I don't think yours was any worse or any better than mine. I think it's a different, I think your testimony is very powerful to a certain person that needs to hear it, Mm -hmm. whereas mine is to a certain person that needs to hear mine. Yeah. Which is why we should be willing to share our stories. Do not be ashamed of your sins because your admission to sin and your recognizing the forgiveness of your sin could literally bring someone to jesus yeah where it's not hiding it normalizes things for people not talking about it hiding it putting your sin under a mattress you're not helping anybody yeah you're enabling people yeah so coming out and talking about it and admitting it and it's not some we're humans we sin we are of sinful nature from the second we pop out of the womb we're a little 
yeah. little jerks. I didn't I didn't understand grace until I kind of embraced the fact that like just because until you attended Calvary three sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, I couldn't. I was struggling with the fact that, like, the Lord could forgive me when I couldn't forgive myself for, like, well, wow. yeah, like right. the women, the drugs, or yeah. anything. Like, I was struggling forgiving myself and just didn't understand. I was like, okay, yeah, God forgives us all. But, like, I think deep down, I was still like, dude, seriously, really? You can really yeah. forgive all this? And, like, and I couldn't forgive myself. And that was the biggest thing to to kind of get over and that was just a personal thing i had to wrestle with my with my own faith was just actually believing in grace in the grace that he freely gives and the forgiveness that he freely gives like no matter what the path is no matter what's going on it's just like it just doesn't matter he wants a relationship with you and he wants you you were created in his image by him and for him like it doesn't matter like, that we're not supposed to do this life by ourselves. Like and this is where I come to back to, him. like, the power of a testimony. Because it, it brings the gospel to a very relatable place for, for folks. Now, we, we only have a limited amount of time. So, uh, and we're going to, by the way, if you're watching or you're listening, we're going to go a little longer tonight. That's just the way that it rolls. No big deal. But we're going we're gonna to throw it to Nick. Nick, you're up next. I'm up. You're um, up. I'm going to interject here. Okay. Hell no. Because we're, we're, we're just about at 9 o'clock. And are we going to squeeze the three of you into the next? I'm going to probably have to be pushed or another time. Are we just going to do a double episode and we can run do it a next double week? Episode. We're not doing. It. We, we, I mean, Mike, carry I just over. We're just going to go a little longer tonight. All right, all right. We're going to go a little longer. You know, so be it. There's not a time constraint, uh, but we'll be a little, maybe a little brief. A little there bit. are two-hour YouTube videos. There are. Yes, <laughs> there, there are. There's so yeah, there's look, I'm yeah. down for it. I'm here for it. It's all Let's good, go. Nick. What's up? All right. So <laughs> I, um, unlike them two and Vinny, I didn't grow up in church that much. I was off and on. My parents, you know. So it's different. This is kind of a different yeah, context. So, I mean, I went to vacation Bible schools. I went to church here and now growing up through elementary school and middle school. I mean, there are a couple churches that we are involved in and stuff, but I don't remember them that much. Gotcha. I guess I just didn't care to either. Um I went to a Christian high school, um, and I, I did the thing that most kids always do and think they're saved because they went up with all their friends into a big thing, and you did it about seven or eight times right. every year around, you know, September. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> the, the retreat was, yeah. 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 Every year, you cry, you go up the stage, you think you're saved, and you go back and live your life. Well, I did that, and then... You did that for years. I did that for, for years. Right. And, I mean, that was my life pretty much with church, um, even through high school. I went to a Christian school in high school. I don't remember going to church, though, in high school. I remember going to Christian school, but I don't remember going and being involved in church at all. So you weren't a youth group kid? No, not right. really. I mean, I, I, I know I've been to youth group and stuff. But, I but was it's different than the other guys. It's a lot different. Yeah. was never involved in church. And then um, I met a girl right after high school. Um, we dated. I got married to her. And things fell apart. Got divorced at the age of 24, I think. Yeah, 24 years old. You were young. I was young. I was only married for two and a half years. And um, didn't really know why or anything. And 
didn't have faith and kind of went off the rails, went off the deep end. Yeah. Um, tried drugs, tried alcohol, tried sleeping around, tried doing a lot of other things to make me forget the pain and the hurt and stuff that I was feeling during that time. Um, and then the more I kept doing it, and seeking these other things, I, I started seeking more people, you know, more more friends. Oh, I'm going to hang out with him. He's got some drugs. I know I can go hang mm. out with him. Well, I was also hanging out with a good brother of mine, Neil, which he hasn't been on the show, but we all know him. Right, yeah, we know and Neil. And he's like, hey, why don't you come over and hang out with this group of guys? Uh, we always hang out by the fire and stuff, and they invited me over. I'm like, okay, cool, y'all. I know y'all are cool. I've hung out with Kyle before me and him were best friends in high school and so I went over there and hanging out with them and they were involved with Calvary 316 and they're like and how we always do come to church hey come to church okay <laughs> right. I'll be, okay I'll come to church okay I'll come to church well I finally came to church and I started coming to the church started getting um used to coming to church every single week because they were my friends I was hanging out with them on Friday night Saturday night coming to church on Sunday, hanging out with them on Sunday because they're my new yeah. group of friends. They, yeah. were, they were the only ones around that like were there to support me and hang out with me and stuff through this time. So um, to fast forward it a little bit, it was probably a year or so after hanging out Some with them. At some point I asked you to be an usher. Yeah, I mean, you asked me to be an usher, and I love work. You give me a yep. job, it's going to get done at 100%. It's going to be yep. the Best dang job you've ever seen, hopefully. Um, I like giving tasks and doing a good job at them. Right. So you got me involved being an usher, and the more going to church, it just started setting the light bulb off on me that's like, I need to change. There's something in me that has not been working, so I'm going to give this a try. Mm. I'm going to give Jesus a try. So I was like, I prayed the prayer. I finally... Went down, and I was, I don't even know what, like you, you've you said it before, you're preaching. I don't even know what you're preaching about. I was you're in the sitting back, in the back of the sanctuary. sanctuary giving my life to Christ because he he started speaking to me. and was like, give me a try. You're going to do it, and I will not disappoint you. And he hasn't disappointed me yet. I gave my life to Christ. I was like, all right, I'm giving it to you. And how Vinny said, the next day you feel this, like, thing happened to you there's a change there's, there's a change and it lit a spark in me that wanted me to just grow in him and grow in my relationship with him and just change how i was and it got me into wanting to start reading the bible and going through bible studies yeah. and stuff so i started doing my own bible studies uh, right after work, I'd get there, and it was David Guzik. So I started doing yeah. his for an hour and write, write, started writing down on a journal. Shout out to David Guzik. Yeah. And so one of the funny stories is I don't, I was doing a Bible study, and I, and I didn't I, and it ended. And I was like, okay. And I started praying to the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I want you to bring someone in my life that I can have a relationship with you that will actually even grow it more. I was like, I was like, I don't care if it's Neil, I don't care if it's Kyle, I don't care if it's Creighton, I don't care if it's any of these guys I'm hanging out right now, right now, or if it's someone new. And and I specifically prayed for this girl, 
and her name is Carrie. <laughs> and because I saw her in church on Sunday, and he can attest to this because he's right beside her, she's worshiping more than I think anyone else was worshiping. When you're teaching up there, all you see is her head down scribbling notes and just scribbling notes. And I'm like, I want someone like that that's going to challenge me, that I, that's, that's on fire with Christ like I am right now, on fire with you. And I prayed specifically for that. And kind of, I want a girl like Carrie. And then the Lord gave the you Lord me. Gave me <laughs> 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 yes, the Lord gave me. Yes, Lord gave me. And then the Lord, the Lord gave, gave me. Zach. <laughs> and then I called the next day, said, let's hang out. Yes. No, well, the Lord no. gave you a wonderful woman. The Lord gave me Carrie, which yes. is which was like the funniest. I love telling that story too because it's like I prayed for my wife and the Lord gave me my wife. Like, yes. and I prayed by name, kind of. <laughs> but Give me he something knew like her. Yes, I want something like so her. like her. that, but specifically yeah. that. Yeah. Right, 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 right <laughs> Something like her or her. Either and way, the one thing I've noticed from my my previous life because i'm made new is yeah during my whole time growing up and even after my divorce i was so f set on to trying to find other things to make me happy and to put idol like idolize mm -hmm. like it, growing up it was playing baseball i played baseball it was my idol i mean that's all i cared about and then it got to high school it was girls that's all i cared about my grades were terrible. I think like a 2.2 GPA in high school. <laughs> yeah, we know. And it was all because of girls, because all <laughs> yeah. I had, all I cared about. Also, you can't read. Well, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just girls, yeah. and you can't can. speak. Not he no. can read just fine. <laughs> 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 he can read just fine. I just have a stutter problem. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. No, but that's. But what a cool story. I mean, yeah. I mean, you come from a different background than the other guys, like not church, and you went to a Christian school, but so what? And you went in the world and, and you just felt empty and, and you got bit and God gripped your heart. We a few minutes left. Spice Daddy. <laughs> it's really short, not as exciting as y'all's. Uh, <laughs> grew up in the good. church, got saved, like asked the Lord in my heart when I was ten years old on New Year's Eve. You uh, remember it? Yeah, I was sitting in my, laying my top bunk of my bunk bed and uh, <laughs> I understood what was going on. Just did it and, uh, who, who led you who led you in the prayer did your dad do it or me. it was just you with, yeah. with the lord and then uh told my parents right after yeah did it but uh and ever since then i've just just been a lot of up and down of not knowing what's going on <laughs> and, uh, right it's uh it's led me some crazy places had some fun you uh, know it's funny to me justin that you probably have you and Vinny probably have the most uh travel experience at the very least and i think you probably beat out Vinny. Cause oh yeah he does vinnie has been around a lot but you've Vinny's been domestic travel yeah. yeah you've been to how many countries like i mean not let's, that many a justin, dozen or justin, so not that many to you is not that yeah, no, not that many like to us like i mean you've I've got been a to lot L of lower stuff, alabama man. yeah like we're i was What's born it like in japan being a missionary in china for grew up in montana years? this, this cat's teacher. been in Israel English teacher yeah. in China. You're right. Happened, I'm sorry. Who happened to do some stuff? Who happened to do some You're stuff? You're right. I, that was a misspoke. But so, Justin, sorry, you, you've, let me ask you, have you ever felt like just the simplicity of your testimony? You're like, man, I wish I had a story, you know? 
No, because I mean, it, don't it's, wish it's, for that. It's me, yeah. right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it's. I wish God would have more. I don't want to say more direction in my life, but it's it's like I don't know what He's. You know how many ATF agents you're going to bring to Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Your story's still coming. Uh, yeah. uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like I don't know. The past what twenty six years that I've been a Christian, this has been trying to figure out. I thought I was doing one thing, and then God was like, "Whoop!" And then whoop! And then, I mean, just a lot of not one eighty stuff. It's just like, no, go do this, go do this, go do that, and it's just like it's really like your head starts shaking like it's yeah like what what's going on and you just you get to the point where you're just like all right the, i mean it got to the point like i i did archaeology for a little while moved to israel for a year to get my master's degree came back home uh couldn't find a job for a while had some friends that got married that i went to school with in israel they moved to china they had come out to china i was like okay moved out to china and i mean it's just stuff like that i've just been like Okay, and just a just leaf on go. the wind. So yeah. when the when the when that future Sunday morning comes, where the ATF with hel- helicopters surround Calvary three sixteen, we're gonna turn and be like Justin. This, this is, is your, your mo- calling. This <laughs> is your moment. Yeah, it's all been leading to this. Do we shoot or stand still? What do we, what do, we do? do? I don't know what you're talking. We're about. sending <laughs> you out either. the front door. <laughs> I plead no. the fifth. Yeah. Well, I think this has been uh, a great episode. Um, I agree. Absolutely. Any any comment before we tap out here? Uh, anything on the uh, interwebs there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a job, don't I? Hashtag um, ATF. Um, hashtag ATF. <laughs> we have not had any more comments. It's very quiet right now. Um, I would like to say, if you're watching this, either now or sometime in the future, if you're watching it in the past somehow, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I would like more questions from you people because I'm having... Hard time coming up with questions now. So so. let's Ah. uh, hit me up. My email is creightonvaughn at gmail.com. Leave a comment, Facebook, YouTube. Send a smoke signal. If you don't watch, if you're not able to watch live, you can still watch the episode, right? Yes. And how do you do that? Facebook and YouTube. uh, They are both up there. I think it is outlawradio.live. To find our YouTube page and uh, or you Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Uh, leave a comment, send a message on Facebook. I think you can DM on YouTube uh, or email me or leave a comment on the YouTube or f- Facebook. Or again, if you have Creighton, questions, Creighton comments, Vaughn, concerns. Creighton Vaughn at gmail.com. Yes. If you just wanted to say that I'm pretty, that works You're too. Pretty. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, anyway, guys, any any closing thoughts real quick? No, no I just really enjoyed that. I liked yeah. hearing everyone else's experiences yeah. because everyone else's experiences matter. And like they're, different, they're and, different. And because they're different, they, they like Vinny's story will, will, will land on the Wiccan community. That's it. That's what I was specifically going for. The Wiccan chainsaw logging community. Right. It's so a very niche group. Yeah, that's, Paul, that, that is a group. Yeah, your point of Paul reverting back to his own story. Like, more often in my times of people questioning my faith, can I revert back to my own story and what the Lord has done in my life and how he's brought me to be made new? Am I then to share that? I'm like, look, I don't know what's going on with your life. I don't, maybe I can't, you know, relate to these exact experiences, but I know the Lord saves all. 
he saves everything and will redeem everything. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't Amen. matter. So that I thought that was a cool point Amen. in trying to yep. bring up our testimonies. We know the power of Christ. And right. how do you argue? I mean, how do you argue with that without being a jerk? Yeah, I'm like, look, right. I don't know what you're going through, but this is what the Lord has done in my life. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, you can have that. But no, he, he didn't. didn't. No, he didn't. Okay, jerk. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, seriously. Like, how do you argue with someone's testimony? You yeah, know, I it's don't like think you can. No. You just no. Just being honest with it, you know. Yeah. I have some pretty nefarious characters over at my house on Friday nights, and and uh, it, it is funny how listening to music, sipping bourbon, smoking cigars, just chilling out on the deck, how somehow this always comes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's my yeah. prayer every day. Is I don't ask for anything; I just ask God for the opportunity to bring somebody else to Him, and He does it in a craziest ways so it's you just got to put yourself out there in these situations you gotta that night that somebody asked to come over it's like man i really just want to netflix and chill no let them come over right that's the holy spirit working in your life that let that person that you you cannot stand from work the guy that just hits all your triggers (laughs) when they hit you up at 10 o'clock on a friday night and ask to hang out invite them over because that could be your one chance to witness or say the right thing. It doesn't have to be anything more than a sentence. It could be a guy sitting there at the, the darkest days of his life at the bottom of the pit, and you allowed him to come to your house on a Friday evening, and you share a glass of bourbon and a cigar, and he says, man, nobody can stand me. I'm super annoying. Why would you let me come over here? Because the Holy Spirit told me to. You just witnessed to that guy. You just took that argument out of his mouth. You yep. just let him know that the Holy Spirit touched your life, and you did not want to hang out with him that night. You wanted to Netflix and chill with your old lady. You wanted to hang out with the kids and the dogs, but you decided to sit out on the deck with his miserable butt till 10 o'clock at night smoking cigars, and you just brought somebody to Jesus. And let's that be is awesome. Let's be real. Netflix and chill <laughs> – for most people, it's about two or three minutes. That's it. You're out. Yeah, I mean, okay. you got a, you got a lot of the night somebody's, free. Somebody's soul is way more important. I mean, Netflix and chill doesn't. I mean, if you do it right, it doesn't take very long. <laughs> All right. right, so. All right, guys, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show. All that being said, thank you so much for watching. If you're listening. On the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, check out the live stream, 8 o'clock, Wednesday nights. If you're watching, check out the podcast. And what makes the podcast great is uh, it's very easy to share, to pass along. Um, Again, if something that was said tonight touches a a great nerve and you want to pass that along to someone else, uh, very easy to do so. And then you can subscribe to the podcast and and always stay current with uh, the current episodes of Outlaw Radio. With all that being said, once again, my name is Zach Adams Creighton. Thank you. For being with me. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Uh, hope you guys are well. See you guys this time next next week. God bless.